It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Jordan Renan coming up at 8 o'clock in his weekly spot, talking all things New York Giants. We even got preseason hockey tonight for crying out loud. We were just talking about that during the break. He got a little Devil's Rangé at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, that's right. And if I'm not mistaken, two weeks from tonight, the Rangers open the season, right? Two weeks from tonight. Wow. I can't believe that it's here. And, I, you know, for my money, out of the major sports, preseason hockey is the best product. It is. You know, regardless of who's in there, who's not in there, like just staying true to the essence of the game, what you turn on to watch or what you expect to watch, preseason hockey actually ain't bad. It ain't the real thing, but it's still pretty damn good. Whereas, you know, preseason football, depending on if nobody plays, and that's usually the case, and then spring training baseball, there's like 900 different changes during the game, and you can't even keep up who's in, who's out. Most guys play like two winnings as it is, right? Hockey's a good product. So hopefully we get a fun one here tonight between the Devils and Rangers, and again, two weeks before the season starts. And look, the way the baseball season went in this town, the way the football season is... Off to a, not exactly a rip-roaring start. Our saving grace might be the hockey teams and the basketball team. Let's face it, right? Let's face it. But we're talking football here, talking about the Jets, their situation, getting ready for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett, offensive coordinator, he also addressed the media earlier today uh, and basically let it be known that not so much about individuals, the whole offense has to be better. I think we as a group on offense have to do better. It's all of us. I think that we put our entire offense into some really bad situations. It doesn't matter who's back there, quarterback, who's playing. When you're behind the sticks, when you're third and extra long continuously, it's not going to be good, and we have to be better. And that goes with every position group, Zach, the wide receivers, the offensive line, myself, the coaches. We have to do a better job across the board. And also, what about now that Aaron Rodgers is out, and clearly this was his offense, okay? I, I, I said as much last night. Right, This offense, Aaron Rodgers, Nathaniel Hackett, this is what they wanted to run, even dating back to their days in Green Bay. This was the ideal situation, and that got blown up in four plays. So now you, of course, have to make a little bit of tweaks. right? Zach Wilson's not Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is not Zach Wilson. You want to tailor an offense to a certain player's strengths. Maybe some things that Aaron Rodgers is comfortable running, Zach Wilson isn't, and vice versa. So now they've had a couple of weeks to be able to implement such things tweaks and changes so how about adjusting the offense to Zach Wilson Hackett was asked about that every single quarterback that plays in this league they all have a little different system there's different things that they do well and how they work with different people so I think for us we're just trying to find the best things that we can do for Zach you know we want to be sure that we put him in a good position along with the entire team whether it's the wide receivers on their routes and the offensive line blocking what they're blocking so it's just everything we're continually challenging our guys pushing our guys to play faster stronger challenging the coaches to find the schemes that'll best fit them so that's something that we're just going to continually try to make adjustments till we can get into a rhythm Here's one thing that I would just advise, right? Free advice, right? Everything costs money nowadays. You don't get anything for free. I'm offering up some free advice. Be a nice guy out of the goodness of my heart. And I said this to be fair, 
I said this even going into the Dallas game, the first one that Zach Wilson was going to start after Aaron Rodgers went down. My only caution and my only hope was that they would take the handcuffs off and let him play football. Let him go out there and do his thing because if you want to say that part of it is the quarterback, part of it is what they're drilling into him to explain away what we've seen for the last two weeks, your guess is as good as mine. I'm sure it's a little bit of a combination of both, right? But where has that gotten them? And where's that getting anybody in that situation, right? Defense is good, but it's not the 85 Bears. Even the 85 Bears, you know what? The 85 Bears had Walter Payton on the offensive side of the ball. Arguably the greatest running back of all time. You know, they had a sneaky good offense. Jim McMahon was a sneaky good quarterback. He really was. You know, you had Willie Galt as a deep threat. You know, they, they, they had some dudes on that offensive side of the ball. You had a couple of great offensive linemen. So it wasn't all about the defense and the 85 Bears. Like, the offense put up points. But that's my only thing. Let the kid play football. And even from his sake, go out there and let it rip, right? Like, there's a great story if you go back and if you remember maybe from all those old, like, NFL films things and, you know, the Super Bowl highlight videos. The first Super Bowl that Brady was in with the Patriots and the Rams, right? And when the Rams tied that game in the fourth quarter, you know, they went over to the sideline, and right before the Patriots and Brady came out for that last series, you know, Charlie Weiss and Belichick, the offensive coordinator, you know, they're telling Brady, kind of play it close to the vest a little bit. At the very least, we got overtime, and, you know, don't make a critical mistake. And then Drew Bledsoe, who's the backup, you know, pulled Brady aside and said, go let it bleep and rip. Go out there and sling it. And, you know, he made a couple of throws, got Vinatieri into field goal range, and the rest is history. That's what I want to see from this kid on Sunday night. That's what I want to see. Go out there and let it rip. Because playing conservative, playing close to the vest, it ain't getting you anywhere. It's like pulling teeth. He was drafted second overall for a reason. He's got some ability. Let's see it. And I know that last year the interceptions are what ultimately got him nailed to the bench. I get it. Because he was maybe playing a little too reckless. But you know what? It still beats the alternative. Because the way things have gone the last two weeks, who are you beating? Who are you beating? You think you're beating the Kansas City Chiefs with, with 10 points? A few Greg Zerline field goals, that should take care of it? You know? Pat Mahomes and company are going to have a rough night at the office? Is that what you're banking on? Travis Kelsey, too much partying with Taylor Swift the night before, and he's not going to remember any of his plays and the routes he's supposed to run? Is that what we're hanging our hat on? No, you can't do that. Go out there and play football. Just like you played football on that one drive in the fourth quarter last week when you actually scored a touchdown and you saw the kid slinging it around the field. And if he throws a couple of picks, you know what, so be it. Some of them, though, might actually end up in the hands of Jets receivers. Some of them, when they're actually standing in that part of the field that's painted called the end zone, and you get points for that. That's how you score points. It's a beautiful thing. Joe in Staten Island is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Joseph, how are we doing this evening? Great, great show. Actually, you hit all the points that I wanted to make. Uh, how are you going to approach this game in Kansas with Kansas City? I mean, dink and dunk like last week or try to pound and they only get half a yard? 
I mean, last week they played to lose the game. That's the way I felt they played. Uh, I mean, let the guy – I was watching a couple of videos of uh, Zach Wilson College. He was drilling it 20, 30 yards down the field. Why can't they throw it 20, 30 yards down the field? It's, even if they intercept it, it's a, almost like a punt. So I just don't think they have anything to lose this week. It's a loss on the loss column. Let him, the guy play. I mean, if he plays like Brett Favre, five, inter, uh, five interceptions and seven touchdowns, let it be. You know, but at least we, we have some show, something we can get entertained on. What do you think? I well, mean, you know what uh, it, now, Joe, you know what ahead. it is? And, and, and I thank you a lot for the phone call. Here, here's the difference. You could maybe take that approach and that game plan into a game like last week where you're not exactly playing a high-scoring offense in the New England Patriots, right? They're not explosive. There are a lot of things, but explosive is not one of them. So, yeah, you could probably hope to get by playing conservatively, right, trying to get the run game going, which they weren't able to do, and then not necessarily having to take shots down the field, protecting the football, because then you hope that if you can hold them to, let's say, in that 10 to 13-point range, which they did, that you might be able to still get out of there with a victory. It just didn't work out for them that way. You're not going to have the same amount of luck against the Chiefs. You're just not. I would be stunned if it doesn't take at least 20 points to win this game on Sunday. At least 20 points. Now, the Chiefs offense, I mean, see, the thing about the Chiefs, too, remember, the Chiefs offense gets all the attention, but the defense is sneaky good. You know, Chris Jones, Chris Jones in the middle of that defensive line is a beast. Beast. I was talking to the guy today who's going to be blocking him, and he said, let's get it on. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. Stephen, New Jersey is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Stevie, how are you? Excellent tonight, Dan. Thank you uh, for taking my call. And uh, before I get my point out and uh, ask you a question, I just want to say I'm a longtime listener. Uh, and uh, I, I just think you do an outstanding job of uh, two things. One, giving a direct direct route to really what's happening in, with our Jets through the years. And uh, you do an outstanding way of breaking it down that uh, the average listener can uh, really follow along at. I really love the, the job that you do week to week. Steve, I appreciate that. And you know what? Just be, I should just you know turn off the mic and walk off the air right now because I don't know how it's going to get any better than that. But I still got an hour and 48 <laughs> minutes to kill, unfortunately. Steve, you should have Steve, you should have been the last caller of the show because then we could have went out on an ultimate high. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a high anyway. Uh, longtime Jets fan, 1967, longtime season ticket holder. And uh, look, we all got the frustration. Aaron went down. That's behind us now. And I think they needed a few weeks. But, you know, the point is, yeah, this is a copycat league. So they're going to stack the box. They're going to stack the box. I think, you know, we we, we got to make adjustments to the kids. I, I was there during spring training, uh, excuse me, during uh, training camp. Uh, I saw you talk with Woody a little bit. Uh, Zach can throw the ball. He can make, actually, I thought the day that I was there, he was actually having a better day than uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, this is what I'd love to see. The Jets come out, opening drive, I don't care whether they win the toss or not, and they go all wide. Empty backfield, we got to get the defense on their toes. It's a lot easier for the offense if the defense, as soon as that ball's hiking, half of the offense is going backwards in the direction we want to go. And give the ball to Zach, let him make the the throws. I don't care if they're three-yard, four-yard, five-yard games, he's going to have the opportunity you know and I know and all the real Jets fans know this kid can throw the ball. 
But if you're just going to go out there and try to establish the run game and they're going to stack the box, it's not going to happen. Now, I'm not saying you run and shoot all day long, but mm-hmm. you got to come out there. They would be stunned, Kansas City, if we came out with that. And I remember years ago, and I'm sure you remember, Vinny Testaverde with the great yeah. Curtis Martin in the backfield came out on a playoff game. And because the defense, I forgot the team, maybe the Ravens or Jaguars, yeah. I don't remember who it was. And they came out wide, and Vinny just marched them down the field. We never gave the ball to Curtis. He wasn't even there. It was amazing, and I think that's what they got to do for this kid, and I just wonder what your thoughts are. Yeah, you know what, Steve? I don't disagree at all, and I thank you for the phone call, the kind words. You're referring to in 2000, they would come out sometimes five wide when Dan Henning was uh, orchestrating that offense. They'd come out with five wide, empty backfield, and Vinny would just go out there and sling it around. They did that in the season finale on Christmas Eve that year against the eventual Super Bowl champion Ravens with that unbelievable defense, and they caught Baltimore on their heels. Jets scored on the first two drives. They went up 14-0. I was like, oh, my God, little trickeration that they mixed in there, too. And uh, it worked until, unfortunately, uh, the mistakes then started to mount, and they ended up losing that game and missed the playoffs uh, altogether because of that. But, no, I don't disagree with you because I'll give credit to uh, my partner, Mr. Buttle. He's been saying that probably since Zach came into the league, you know, in 2021. I mean, we're sitting up there watching the games, and he says to me, like, I don't know why they don't go more up-tempo. I don't know why they don't go up-tempo. He says it even on the pregame show. Same exact thing, right? And I think that you had some of that a little bit, too, on that drive that was ultimately successful against the, um, the Patriots on Sunday. And even the week before, if you go back to that Dallas one, the drive right before the half that ultimately only netted them a field goal, but even those plays where he was breaking the pocket and, you know, running for the first down and making plays using his mobility, that's stuff you'd like to incorporate. Not as much as, let's say, Buffalo does with Josh Allen because Zach's not as big as Josh Allen. You don't want him taking a pounding like that because you want him to actually get up and live to see another down. But, yeah, just, inc- you know, take advantage of the athletic ability, the athletic ability that was there when you made him the second pick in the draft. You don't get picked second by mistake. Like, oh, we wrote down his name. We thought it was another guy. My fault. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. You know, you're just seeing some of the stuff that pops up online. So the Phillies, who are in really, really good shape as far as the playoffs are concerned, you know, they're going to be that number one wild card 
in the National League, so they'll host somebody once they sort all this stuff out. But Phillies are home tonight for the Pittsburgh Pirates, and our buddy Angel Hernandez, who is routinely the worst umpire in baseball, not even close. There's not even a close second. He's the third base um tonight at Citizens Bank Park. And so Bryce Harper's up at bat, and he checks his swing, and the home plate umpire appeals down to third base to see you know, if, if Bryce Harper went around or not. And Angel Hernandez says he did, and he punches him out. And so Harper's just like, I, I, I'm done. Slams the helmet, slams the bat, just starts charging down to Angel Hernandez at third base, bad-mouthing him, and, and rightfully so. And he gets run from the game. But it's, it, it, it's mind-boggling to me. You know, like, I don't, I don't know what you do for a living or, you know, somebody you know, whatever, and maybe you're down on your luck and you think, oh, you know, I, I'm worried about keeping my job. And, I, I, you know, just close your eyes for a second whenever that moment might hit you and, and say to yourself, Angel Hernandez is still employed by Major League Baseball. That alone should give you a little bit of a pick-me-up or a pep talk, an inner monologue, whatever you need to get you through your day because he is atrocious, atrocious at what he does. Ray in Brooklyn is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Ray, good evening. How are you? I'm chilling. I'm chilling, Dan. Always a pleasure to talk to you, good sir. Yes, so, sir. Um, check it out. Oh, no, my apologies. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say same to you. I oh, enjoy oh, talking to you, Ray. Thank you. Thank you. So, listen, check this out. This is what I got for you, man. I, yeah. I think what you gather from me is that I'm pretty direct, like much like you are, like the previous caller said, and I'm objective mm-hmm. as well, right? So, uh, I preface by uh, saying that because I'm not a Jets fan. I'm a Giants fan, but I call it down the middle and objectively. So, got a couple of things on the Jets, right? So, mm-hmm. as far as what, what Namath said, um, and as far as, you know, I, I understand what you're trying to do in terms of, like, um, you know, making it into a positive. But one thing is, right, um, for someone to galvan, for a team to be galvanized and rally around someone, they actually have to like this person. So, I don't, you know, I just think that's wishful thinking on that part. But hopefully, you know, it, it can go that way. Um, and well, but but, but why do you think is, they have to like somebody? You know what I'm saying? Like, for example, like, take any athlete, any, you know, like how they always say they like the doubters, the haters. They don't know these people. But all if they're reading, whether it's in the in the press and online or whatever, about you're this, you're that, and then let's say they use that as fuel. I mean, think about it. Michael Jordan said that he would make up these criticisms from that, that were completely fictitious, but he used that as fuel to make him a better player. Yeah, no, I, I get that, Dan, and it makes sense to, to a degree. But here, here's where it, it kind of doesn't. See, with Michael Jordan and some of the other examples you, you raised, it's a personal thing. You know what I'm saying? Like he would make, you know, he would, make, he would create situations where people were downgrading him personally as a player. Like with these guys, Joe Namath is just basically a mouthpiece for most of the guys in that locker room, and that's the difference. He's voicing what they want to say, and they're probably embracing that as a group rather than wanting to rally around it, and that's the big difference there. Um, and then the other thing I have to say about the Jets, though, you know, because I am objective, like, um, you know, I don't think it's fair for them to be criticized for the fact that they don't have – you know, a backup quarterback that's capable of making a playoff run or winning a Super Bowl because none of the top teams in the league do. So that's an unfair criticism of the Jets, even though I'm a Giants fan and don't like the Jets. Like, I shake my head at that because I can't blame Joe Douglas for not having, uh, I don't know, you know, uh, 
I don't, or Eli Manning as a back, you know, as a backup, or somebody you you know of a, of a, a Super Bowl worthy quarterback. Nobody does. You when somebody names me one team who has a Super Bowl ready quarterback as a backup, other than San Francisco, because you can plug anybody in there except Zach Wilson probably, and it'll get done. Um, then I'll listen to that. Um, and if you will allow me, Dan, like I do want to throw because you open the show throwing flowers at a couple of Yankees. I mm. happen to be a Yankees fan. So, like, I, I can't throw enough flowers at Aaron Judge because the guy is playing injured for the last two months. He's missed two months, and he's still on pace for a 60-home run season, which would have been absurd. Can you imagine if he would have stayed healthy? Um, all the talk about Otani, and I'm not hating on Otani, but there's not a better everyday player in the planet in baseball than Aaron Judge when you take in fielding, and the fact that Otani's never had this type of offensive season to this level where he's on the same level as Judge except for one season. Um, but could you imagine if we had seen that? Like, Well, um, you know what the and, thing and, is, too, Ray? Ray, you know what the thing uh-huh. is, too, and I thank you for the phone call. You brought, you brought up you know, some good points tonight here. Judge is a given, you know? Like Joe Leo before the show, we, we were talking about Judge and, and, and so on and so forth. And, you know, the Yankees have a few more games left this season. Judge is at 37 home runs. Okay, so he's got four games potentially to hit 40. And, you know, he missed about, what, 60 games this year or close to it, somewhere in that neighborhood. He hits one more home run. He's got 100 home runs in the last two years, which is pretty damn good, right? Considering he missed, what, a third of this season, roughly? But Judge is a given. That's the thing. Like, what he does, it doesn't necessarily wow me because you have come to expect that from him, you know? And I think Cole, as consistently good as he's been since he's been a Yankee, you know, like I said, I think Garrett Cole's underappreciated by the majority of the fan base. But this has been the best version of Garrett Cole that we've seen. And I remember saying back at the beginning of this baseball season, even when the Mets had a couple of future Hall of Famers on the roster in Scherzer and Verlander, I called Garrett Cole the best pitcher in New York and sticking to it. Now, clearly, clearly so. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. Let us say hi to Anthony in New Jersey, up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Anthony, how are things? Hey, Dan, how are you? How you doing this evening? What's up, Anthony? Things are good. What's on your mind? Pretty good. So, yeah, just going through you know, sort of the game to see how the Jets could possibly stay competitive with Kansas City. I, I think this might be a game where they actually might let him loose a little bit just because, you know. You might be right. You might going, be right. You know, going up, going to Denver, Trevor Simeon might be, might be starting that game. I just don't think you have anything to lose here. You know, this might be the game to let it fly, you know, Sure, every team's going to stack the box. Let it fly. Let him let him just throw the ball. Even if he throws the ball 30 times, let's see what he's got. And, you know, they're not expected to win anyway versus the Chiefs. So, you know, maybe this is the game where, you know, you kind of just see let's loose a little bit. He's feeling pretty good. And, uh, you know, he makes some – he actually looked real good in the second half, especially the last couple of drives versus New England where – and I was like, all right, well, if they started to move the ball like this, maybe, you know, maybe they would have put more points up. That one but drive was good. You know, he, he, he was slinging the ball. 
he was splitting cover two. He was using that arm strength, you know, and he, he was trusting his eyes. That's I, I keep saying that a lot. It sounds simple, but it's true. He was trusting his eyes. And, Anthony, thanks a lot for the phone call. Look, the only way you're going to get a defense to back off, and when I say back off, not sticking an extra guy in the box to maybe open up a little bit of real estate for you when it comes to the run game, is if you can prove that you can go out there and actually put together a consistent passing game. It's the only way it's going to happen. You know, and the way that it's gone the last couple of weeks, I'm sorry, look, I, the last thing you want are interceptions and turnovers and bad mistakes, but you know what? Give me give me a guy who's going to go out there, and if he throws a couple of picks, well, you know what? If he throws a couple of touchdown passes too, I'll take that. Right? I'll take it. Because anything is better than what you've seen for the last couple of weeks, this just ultra-conservative type of afraid to take chances. You, I mean, I can't even say you become one-dimensional because you become no-dimensional because you can't even have a, a consistent running game. What can you do? We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. So the Giants back to work today, getting ready for the Seattle Seahawks. It was good to see Saquon Barkley out on the practice field. He practiced in a, I think a limited capacity is what they termed him as. I don't know if he was a full participant. He might have been limited. But it was good to see him out there nonetheless because, look, one of your better players, you know, that's somebody that will help you win games. And, you know, this one is gettable on Monday night. Right? I, I mean, Seattle is a very, very beatable team. Their defense is not very good at all. So this might be one of those games for the Giants to consistently put together four good quarters of football on the offensive side. You know, and maybe get out of this rut of the slow starts. The slow starts have just been killing them so far this year. You know, you got to come out of the locker room. And, and, and you know what's even more frustrating about that is that you start the game most of your 15 plays, the first 15 plays are scripted, right? You work on those all week. Those are the ones that you practice over and over and over again that you're supposed to have down pat. So if those aren't working and the Giants can't get any traction offensively in the first two quarters, that, that says a lot, right? Giants have been outscored this year 63-6 to in the first half of all three of their games. It's got to be better because the Giants don't have an offense – that resembles the greatest show on turf to where you want them to consistently play from behind and to go out there and put up crazy points in a shorter period of time. They're not built for that. And I think it goes without saying, too, the defense also has to start holding up their end of things because that's been tough to deal with for three weeks. It really and truly has. It's got to be better. It's got to be better. So we'll talk to Jordan a little bit later on. I, look, I, I think the Giants can play with Seattle. 
And I think the Giants can win this game. What is the line, by the way, on that one? Harvey, did you see the line at all on that? Um, Seattle minus one. Eh, so that's like a pick em. Is it Seattle minus one? That's what I see right here. I believe I sent the rundown. I believe it was Giants minus one. Giants minus one? So it flipped? Yeah. Really? Let me check with our Vegas. Yeah, you have here. you have here minus one and a half. I don't know when this one is from. Yeah. I'm looking. Actually, I'm sorry. Yep, it flipped back to Seattle minus one and a half. Seattle minus one. Okay. Because I'm looking right on the one on ESPN uh, on the schedule thing. All right. So there you go. Yeah. I mean, it, either a point either way, that's about how you want to slice this thing. And again, Seattle's defense really leaves a lot to be desired. A lot to be desired. You know, you look at all the rankings and stuff like that when it comes to Seattle. Like the one area where they're somewhat respectable defensively is when it comes to stopping the run. Well, the reason that those numbers don't look as grotesque as all the other ones do is because teams have just been picking them apart through the air. That they haven't had to run the ball on the Seahawks. Like the Seahawks are only giving up like 70-something yards a game on the ground because everybody's just picking them apart when it comes to the passing game. So this could be a good night for Daniel Jones to maybe start getting some stuff going here with Waller, the wide receivers. Let's see if it happens. Tommy in Long Island is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Tommy, how are you? How you doing, Dan? Tommy, what's going on? I'm doing all right. Having a rough time, but I'm okay. Well, hang what in I there, will you? About, I want to talk about the Jets. Now, first okay. of all, we got Joe Willie Namath laughing at him. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying about my opinion is he doesn't know how to do an audible. Because you remember when Romo said it, it's going to be a run to the right. If you watch the game, remember that? Mm-hmm. And he got it right. He doesn't see the field. He does not see nothing of the field. I don't know. He could throw the ball far, but he's not accurate. So, Simeon we got, right? What are we doing here? What are we doing? Can you explain that to me? What I don't understand. What What do you mean, what are we doing? I don't get it. I mean, who's going to be our quarterback in the future? Oh, I mean, my guess is when you say the future, you mean like next year? I'm talking about this year. Like, well, I, I mean, in a perfect world, they like for Zach Wilson to turn it around and just continue to give him the reins to the offense. But they needed to go out and get another quarterback after Aaron Rodgers went down. It took him a couple of weeks, but now Trevor Simeon is that third guy. What do you think about Simeon? Well, Simeon's a guy who's been in the league. He's started in the league. He's won games in the league. I mean, he's not somebody that's going to, you know, you're going to confuse him with, you know, Patrick Mahomes anytime soon. But Trevor Simeon's a professional <laughs> oh, quarterback. That, he's a, he's yeah. You know what Trevor Simeon is? He's an insurance policy. He's a quick study. And, and look, the fact of the matter is, so far in their respective NFL careers, Trevor Simeon has actually accomplished more than Zach Wilson has. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Um, it's, it's kind of scary, you know what I mean? I well, mean, Tom, here's the thing. Like, you know, three, four weeks into the season, wherever we are, like I keep saying, most guys that can help teams win are on rosters right now. Right? They're not on, on the street doing nothing. Let's say hi to Johnny in Brooklyn, who is up next here on 98.7. John, how are you? How you doing, Dan? I got a, hey, John. a, a little ana- analogy for you, and I want to see if you, like, you see where I'm going with it, right? Okay, let's see. Uh, and it's a little different than the one I told you, uh, your, your producer. Uh, so okay. 
like re- so recently my girlfriend bought me a gold ring right so i i lost the gold ring and now, every is this day, like is it this isn't like a and is this like a promise ring or like is this taking the relationship nah, nah, to nah, the next level like what's nah. happening here john Nah, she just knows I like jewelry. Okay, so she got you, she got you the ring. John likes jewelry. Let me do a nice gesture, get him a ring, and she got you one. Right. Okay. Right. So I lost the ring. I, I actually lost the ring, unfortunately. But like, it, it's every day. I'm like, oh, it may be here. It may be there. I, I, and I'm thinking of a whole bunch of like stupid places that this ring might be. It might be like in the glove, glove compartment of my car, even though I didn't put it there. It might be mm-hmm. in this cabinet in the bathroom, even though like it wouldn't be there. And, you know, like when you lose something, you get like delusional. You think you, you can find it and find it and find it, but sometimes you can't. And that's kind of like how Jets fans are right now. Like Jets fans are delusional. They, 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 the season, and I, I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm not a coach, but mm. the season is lost. Mm-hmm. And I feel like every day, because I listen every day as I'm coming home, mm-hmm. listening to you every day. Great job, by yep. the way. And so, like, I feel like every day it's like, oh, it might be Hackett. Oh, it might be we need Tannehill. Oh, it's Wilson. Oh, it's it's the O line. Oh, it's this, it's that, it's that. But maybe the season is just done. Maybe the team is not not as great as you thought it was, and maybe the season is done. Like it's not a fairy tale. Like it, yeah, you maybe could turn it around, but maybe you won't. So what what week do you think Jets fans are finally gonna be like? Oh, the ring is lost. Like the, we're, we're not we, we can't find it. John, I'll, 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 let me add to your analogy. Okay, and you might like in the future, you might want to go. Oh, we lost John. John hung up. I was gonna, I was gonna ask John what I think he's looking for. Yeah, this is. I, I need some music here a little bit or something. Yeah. So, I think in this case, if you want to use the symbolism, the ring is actually Aaron Rodgers. Okay, Aaron Rodgers is the ring. Yeah, give me, give me. We're getting, we're getting deep here. We're plunging into the depths of emotion with this phone call. John, not exactly Frodo Baggins either when it comes to losing the ring. He should have put it around his neck. He'd still have it. So maybe the ring in this case for Jet fans is Aaron Rodgers. And in John's words, maybe they misplaced it in the glove compartment. Maybe it fell behind their dresser when they were changing after coming home from work at night. Right? Maybe they left it in the kitchen. When he took it off to maybe get his hands dirty while he's preparing dinner that night. Nevertheless, the ring cannot be located. And that ring, in the form of Aaron Rodgers, was also the hopes, the dreams, the aspirations of an entire organization, a fan base, a locker room. One that had been trying for decades upon decades upon decades to get to the top of the mountain once again. And then it was lost. And three weeks into the season, it has not been located yet. Now, in the meantime, just because you don't want to maybe upset your girlfriend, you go to the store and you try to maybe buy a knockoff ring. Maybe one that isn't as expensive as the one that she got you, but it looks the part, right? To the naked eye, maybe it'll pass. And she might think that that's the ring that I gave him. It's a dead ringer, but it's not the same. And as much as you want it to be the same, and maybe it doesn't fit necessarily just the same, and maybe it leaves some kind of weird tarnish on your skin, which cheap jewelry can do from time to time, it's not the same ring as the one you thought you were getting. And that's not easily replaceable. 
Now, you could still be functional. You could still go out to a nice party or something, and you wear the ring, and then the girlfriend drags you along and says, look at that ring that John's wearing. Isn't that fantastic? I got it for him. And everybody's going to ooh and ah at the ring. But it's not the same ring, and you know that. Deep down, you know it. She might not. Her friends might not. But you're not being honest with yourself. But it still doesn't mean that you still can't go out there and have yourself a good time, make her feel good about herself, and maybe let this thing play out for another 14 weeks. Until then, you have to make some changes, and you have to make some real tough decisions about where you're going as a couple, as a relationship, and more importantly, the ring. And hopefully that ring will be found, at least in time for next season. I don't know where the hell we were going with this story, but we went somewhere. 800-919-3776. Dan Cross's show, 98.7 ESPN. That was funny, actually. Because he is atrocious, atrocious at what he does. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Packers and Lions going to kick off week number four coming up in about 20 minutes or so. Big one in the NFC North, like we were saying a little bit earlier, considering the Vikings and Bears are a combined 0-6. Well, these two teams probably are going to be the front runners as far as trying to decide who's going to win this division or not here. And look, last time Detroit went into Lambeau Field, it signaled the end of Aaron Rodgers' time as a Green Bay Packer. Remember that Sunday night game to close out the season last year where the Lions walked off that field victorious? And look, it's another opportunity for Jordan Love to get more comfortable in his surroundings. Remember, last week was only his first ever start at Lambeau Field, and he needed to orchestrate a huge fourth-quarter comeback to be able to take out the New Orleans Saints, which they did. And by all accounts, I think Jordan Love has done a real nice job so far this year. You know, he's not exactly filling easy shoes, taking over for a legend like Rodgers out there. And, look, he's won two out of three games. I think he's played well. Got a chance to get a little bit healthier tonight. I think Jones is probably going to get back out there. I think he was questionable, but I thought that they said he was going to try to give it a go. Christian Watson as well. So those are a couple of playmakers there on the offense that are going to make his job a hell of a lot easier. Lions are a tough team. You know, they're, they're, it's not the same old Lions, but they still got a lot of work to do before they establish themselves as consistent winners. I, I, I think you're probably looking at a close game as far as tonight is concerned. The line would be... Detroit minus two. I got a feeling Packers win this game. I don't know. Got a feeling Green Bay finds a way. 
I don't think it's going to be convincing, but I just I kind of feel that they're going to get it done. Let's say hi to Mitch in East Windsor. He is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Mitchell, how are you? Good, Dan. How are you doing? Thanks for taking Hello, Mitch. What's going on? Oh, it's going, it's going well. It's almost the weekend. We're only supposed to get six more inches of rain, though, tomorrow. Not like we haven't had any here in a while. Well, Jersey is becoming a Seattle East Coast. It's, it's ridiculous. Enough is enough. Like, I, I woke up this morning. I'm like, great, so we're not going to see the sun again until Sunday? Fantastic. Yeah. Once a week. Yeah, exactly. Don't, push, it, basically. don't push you up. Yeah. Who would have thought that Geno Smith is better than Daniel Jones? But um, I understand why Kaepernick is never to get back in the NFL. But he would be better than uh, Seaman. And then um, he just got released by New England. Uh, Matt, he played for Old Mississippi. Translation, you got Matt hurry. Corral? Matt Corral. I would give yeah. him a shot. Why? I was pretty good in college. Well, there were a lot of guys that were really Wilson. good in college, Mitch. You know what? Zach Wilson was good in college, too. <laughs> you know what I mean? And right now he's having a hard time of it. I mean, there's a lot of – I mean, we could sit here and write a book about guys who were good in college that never became uh, good pro quarterbacks, right? You're right. I stand. Yeah. You know, uh, Zach has a younger brother. I believe he's a freshman at a BYU. Yeah, he's really they'll good. They'll be very, very uh, careful. Next yeah, there's – uh, I think there's – uh, in his blood. Well, I mean, I, I think he's got a brother, and thanks a lot for the phone call. I, I think he's got a brother who's a linebacker at BYU, if I'm not mistaken. And I know he's got, like, another younger brother who's also a quarterback. He might be in high school. Um, but, yeah, look, hey, football runs in the family. His dad played football at Utah, defensive lineman. So, yeah, you know, sport of the family. Nothing wrong with that. Let's say hi to Jay in the Bronx, who's up next here on 98.7. What's up, Jay? How you doing? Hey Dan, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for taking the call. Cool. What's um, going on, man? I, I have, I have a. I'm not a Jets fan. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm a Giants fan. But at some point, I feel like uh, Zach Wilson got the short end of the stick. At, at what point is the bashing going to turn to the coaching staff? Because we got to let's be honest. The Jets sold their soul to get mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers. They gave in to all of the demands, all of the players they brought in for Aaron. Mm-hmm. So the the playbook that was cultivated was was made for Aaron Rodgers. This playbook that they're using, this offensive playbook that they're using for Aaron Rodgers. At what point does the coaching staff say, you know what? Let let me let's bring in Zach. You tell us what play you're comfortable running, and let's try to do something. Let's try let's try to let's try to put some points on the board. Let's spread the field. They got they got Hardman on the sideline. Let's put him in there. Let's spread the field. At what point do we we start demanding the coaching staff? to try to, you know, take more accountability for the lack of effort that they're getting from Zach. Because, again, Zach was – again, I don't think he's the best quarterback, but you understand he got, he got put in there to run an offense that was made for Aaron Rodgers. That's unfair. So, at some well, point, you have to demand more from the coaching staff. Don't well, you think? Well, Jay, here's the thing. I don't know if you could say it's unfair. Remember, nobody plans for a disaster. And that's exactly what happened to the Jets. It happened four plays into the season. Nobody in their wildest dreams would have planned for Aaron Rodgers to go down that early into the season. So, and, and we've discussed this. You plan five months around this offense in one guy, in one player in particular, and that for it to end that quickly, it's tough to pivot in just a couple of weeks and say, okay, now we're going to shift gears, and all the work that we did in five months, we're now going to be able to just cram that into two weeks and turn it over to this guy. 
right? It's just it, it, it's simple logic. It doesn't work that way. But I think over time, and as you get a little bit deeper into the season, with each passing week, you probably will see a little bit more of a game plan and a system that's going to be tailored for Zach Wilson's strength as opposed to, let's say, what Aaron Rodgers was comfortable doing. Right? We talked about that earlier in the show. Because Zach is not Aaron. Aaron's not Zach. There's things that Aaron likes and Aaron prefers that Zach probably doesn't like and vice versa. There's things that Zach likes that Aaron doesn't like. But the root of the offense is still going to be the same. Now, at the end, when you sit there and you, and you point fingers at the head coach, or, or not the head coach, but just the coaching staff in general, when you say, well, how come it's on them? How much blame should they absolve? Well, there's only so much you could do, right? You can't go out there and actually execute. And this is, this is not just about sex. It's about any player in the league. There's a lot of other players. Hey, guys. Everybody loves the 49ers, right? As good an organization as you have in the NFL right now. Look at what they're doing. Look at how well they're coached. People swear by Kyle Shanahan as an offensive guru, a quarterback whisperer, all those things. What they've been able to do with Brock Purdy and how it's the perfect fit, right? Guy was the last pick in the draft, and they haven't skipped a beat. The guy's never lost a start in the regular season. And then on the flip side, they moved heaven and earth to go get Trey Lance in the draft a couple of years ago. Traded up to number three overall. Trey Lance is on another team now. Trey Lance couldn't beat out these guys. You know what I'm saying? So if you want to praise coaching staffs for one thing, but then how come they get absolved of something else? How come sometimes we just don't accept reality that maybe just the player is not what they thought they were getting? And there's been more misses than hits when you're talking about draft choices in the history of the NFL.